Jeff Goldblum's peak attractiveness is at age 60. He was so fucking ugly at 30, bro. Look at this fucking guy. Nobody listens. Who cares? Concert Crusade podcast. Video games, video game news, Jeff Goldblum. My name is EJ Olson. I am with Nick Durheim as per Hello. usual. Uh, and today, a returning, a fan favorite. We got the Windows to fucking Fender. Let's go, Andrew Chavez. Dude. Let's go. Stay, stay protecting Bill Gates. Shout out to Vaccines 2020. Let's go. That might age poorly, but I stand by it. <laughs> Let him chip me. I don't care. Chip me like a dog. Put it right here. Put it right here. Uh, the last episode did a spoiler cast of sorts with Chris Gilly Forer, and it was like three plus hours long, and it it was a lot. But we needed to get Andrew's thoughts on this game. We promise it won't be three hours, and then we'll jump into some news and some other things, and just kind of meander our way through this like a couple of schmucks. So I don't know if you want to start right away with Last of Us, or you want to talk about some of the other stuff you've been playing, and you guys can bandy about because all i've played is last of us and destiny i mean should we should we get last of us into that dustpan so we can just <laughs> sweep it up maybe re- maybe reference it later yeah let's do it let's do it so you beat last of us how long did it take for you to beat it and how much of that experience were you pulling your hair out my clock said 25 hours, 36 minutes, something like that. Approximately in that ballpark. Well, I noticed that the timer didn't track while you had the game paused, which was a welcome change for a lot of the games that I play. Yeah. Because that timer just runs my account hours on uh, Escape from Tarkov is like 100 days. And that's, I don't even know how that's that too many hours. <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah, it was like 25 hours and I felt like I meandered a lot in it. Pretty much every open area that I got to, especially uh, Seattle's first day with Ellie, I was just like, all right, I'm pretty sure I've checked this building, but there might be some pills in here, and I'd love to pop some pills. Got a grandma. And so I, I spent like six hours in that first open area. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was cool how they were, re- you know, outside of skipping the trip from Wyoming to Seattle, I thought it was really cool that they're like, oh, they're really taking their time with the exploration and the journey of this. And I, you know, kept meandering through like every area, like the museum sequence with Joel. I, uh, I probably spent like two and a half hours there just cause I was like, I'll get to hang out with asshole Joel. I want a motherfucking dinosaur. (laughs) That has a lot of great moments to it. And then like pretty much after that scene, it, they just like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta cut some quarters. We gotta ship this game in 2020. Um, so, but honestly, like, I'm glad it's not longer because about halfway through, because I was texting a buddy about it because I wanted to get your thoughts raw, EJ. I wanted to wait for this moment to talk to you about it. So I I was just like, I was sending him like, you know, just spent six hours in this place. What the fuck? Um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to try it. And this was, I think Friday. I was like, I'm going to try and beat this game tonight. My buddy goes, uh, who are you playing as? I'm like, yeah, dude, you're not going to spoil Abby for me. I saw leaks, man. I'm not. You can't hurt me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's no. like, oh, you're probably like, you're probably like halfway through. You're probably halfway through. And I'm just like, oh, God damn it, dude. I don't I don't know how much more of this I can play. 
And then I get to Abby's story. I actually kind of liked it quite a bit. I know she gets all the hate on the internet, and that's that's fine. It was it was bound to happen. Yeah, it's to be expected, pretty much. New character in Joel and Ellie's story? Not if I can help it, you know? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the game is bigger than two people. Ellie is definitely, like, the heart and soul of the of the series now, but it's that game is long in the fucking tooth. Does anybody remember how long the first game was? Like, what the average playtime on that? Like, 14 hours. Well, it took me a couple of weeks to beat it, but, yeah, I think my playtime was under 15 hours. It was like an Uncharted game. You blow right through it. Uncharted 2 and 4 are the longest ones at around, like, just under 20 hours. So Neil, Neil Druckmann makes the longest uh, Naughty Dog games in the 1080p era. It's interesting to hear that you didn't mind playing as Abby, because I'm assuming that you have a similar relationship to those characters as I do. Yeah. And so not only spoiler alert okay so we're just gonna i that's what i was yeah. trying to be vague so if we're <laughs> just gonna get into it i, I can deep. answer why i liked playing as abby yeah we we debated for quite a bit chris and i definitely disagreed on like kind of what the message of the story was well, we didn't even disagree on the message i think we just disagreed on whether they executed well and if the journey was worth the payoff and i definitely Which is honestly way more subjective than whether or not the story was about one thing or another yeah you know right right at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what, what you think the message is. Was the game fun, and did it wrap up a story meaningfully? Well, Naughty Dog doesn't make games with the idea of fun, okay? Yeah. You're supposed to feel bad. They want the player to feel a sense of uh, disgust about these violent acts that they're committing as they take control away from you in all of these violent acts that the player is committing. But didn't you feel bad about killing Abby's dog and then you get to have a flashback to be Abby and hang out with her dog? No, not really. It's a video game. <laughs> it's not real. Close your eyes. Abby can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch Tarantino movies. It's not real, Jan. Dude, one of the things that I, I didn't mention last night that I wish I would have is, you know, obviously the game is trying so hard to get you to, to empathize with Abby Right, they have the whole flashback sequence with her father, and then you come to find out that Joel fucking knifed his ass, and and suddenly you're supposed to be like, okay, Abby, you're the good guy, Ellie, bad guy, or at least feel that dilemma when you go in as Abby and have to start fucking shooting at Ellie and kill her friends. But I can't count how many times that I intentionally killed Abby just just because I was getting frustrated with something happening in her arc, and I was just like. I have to remind myself that I hate this bitch because she killed Joel and her dad was going to kill a child and they're not good people and the wolves are terrible. So I would like, I threw her off the fucking skyscraper when you're going up that bridge. I threw her off like three times just because yeah, like, it's such a sadistic thing, but she's like in that moment, she's so terrified and, and that whole, the way that scene is depicted of her being terrified of these heights it's like it's such a visceral thing, and I was just like, "Oops!" <laughs> I just let her fucking fall. I really liked that sequence. Uh, it was a great I mean, sequence, as, as far as like like the level design and the animations and what they did for the combat of The Last of Us. I think it's a, I think it's a total knockout. I just think the uh, amorality of literally every character in the game is really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> sure, I mean, get off the pot, pick a side. I mean, what else can you expect from, you know, such a gritty, realistic, post-apocalyptic world? Dude, those trees grew super fast. That's all I got to say. 
Look at all that ivy. Wow. Yeah. It truly is the ivy of us. You, when you're going through Seattle, there are literal fucking trees growing out of the freeway. Yep. How in the world will those trees be that big after 25 Bro, years? It's like literally people's jobs to make sure trees don't grow out of the freeway. Duh. They go to school for that. <laughs> They're so big. The tree wouldn't be that they, big. They are, they are like... It's a forest. I kept like pausing and I'd go into photo mode and I'd zoom out and be like, how fucking big trees is that tree? Grow pretty quick. Like, okay, EJ, you know my backyard, those two big trees I got back there? They weren't there when we moved in here. Those are decent sized trees, so that's 20... We moved in here 23 years ago. Okay. So like, just to give you an example... Were they those saplings trees, or were they... They grown from seeds, no. They were like, they were like three or four feet when we bought them. I don't know. The for- There's a fucking forest in this game in yeah, the freeway. No, that's stupid. I'm just saying. Trees yeah. grew pretty quick. Broke my immersion. You said it, Andrew. They ne- they knocked everything about the gameplay, right? About like the level design and the the lore crafting and the world building and like encounter to encounter. Everything works really really well. The stealth is better. The shooting and the combat is way feels way better, even though it feels. The same still feels like a janky Naughty Dog game with a gun. Their aim has always been bad. The the only thing that ever felt janky to me, like noticeably took me out of the experience, was two moments. Well, three moments, but there were there were like pseudo boss fights. One was against fucking Olga with the pickaxe. I like that fight. Like you can't lock on in combat, and they're forcing you to go hand in hand, close quarter. So you're like. She's swinging around and you go to punch and your camera flips around and she's behind you and you try to whip around really quickly and you get all disoriented and then she fucking hits you in the back of the skull with a goddamn pickaxe, which in that moment was frustrating and funny. But did they do it again in the final (laughs) fight with Abby and Ellie and they want you to be like, oh no, like which one of them is going to kill the other and I'm supposed to feel conflicted about I don't want either of them to die. Well, how about neither of them? But like the whole time you're just like, swinging wildly with your camera spinning in fucking circles in the middle of a fucking lake. It was totally fucking comical and took me right out of the moment. I didn't have to like, I just always would like back away like a dirty rat. I'd hit her. I hit in both those fights. I'd hit like once and then I'd just go, ah, just get out, <laughs> just get out of there and get my camera straight. And then uh, I, would that's from someone who's uh beaten bloodborne versus someone who got sherpet halfway through and gave up. Yes. <laughs> and then I just, <laughs> And then back up and get myself straight. That's the strat. Like, I died probably in four combat encounters on normal. Every other time I died, it's because I slipped off some dumb bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I saw some of your videos on Twitter are pretty funny. Uh, I died in very similar ways. But on purpose. <laughs> I think it, it paints a a good picture of like what like a need for revenge does to a person. Because Abby is so hell-bent on avenging her dad and killing Joel. Who, let's be honest, he fucking deserved it. He's a selfish asshole that grew a bond with his parcel. <laughs> he was very partial to that parcel. She wanted to die. Yeah, well, she wanted to have a choice. And and I understand that. And that's all beautifully framed. Like I, That is not any part of the story that I have a problem with. My only problem was that I don't feel like they connected those dots well enough like yeah they did a great job of showing revenge is is it just ruins people it ruins people like abby lost her relationships and lost her people 
right? They wanted her dead. What are you willing to sacrifice to get that revenge? Ellie lost everything. Um, and it started at the beginning of the game and went through the very end. And that's like a great thing to explore. However, my problem, A, we switched to Abby at like the absolute apex of, of like the emotional, you know, tension in this game. You're just like, she comes in, she fucking shoots Jesse dead. She's got a gun to the back of Tommy's head. You throw your gun away. And then they're just like, all right, see you in fucking 12 hours. Now you're at a zoo. It has some of the most awful pacing I've had to deal with in a Sony like first party game, which is so funny because we, we talked about that last night. And I think encounter to encounter the pacing is flawless through this game, but the emotional and like narrative pacing not is there. not a good roller coaster. It throws you around and it wasn't until the last two hours of Abby's arc that I like reluctantly got on board with what they were doing. And, and, I like her arc a lot. I like the things she does. I just think it would have been a way more interesting game and more entertaining to play if the things she did were things Ellie was doing and they found another way to tell Abby's story in a way that made us question things, I guess. You know, I don't think they needed to do it that way. They don't raise many questions for the player, honestly, outside of, uh, is this person good? Is this person bad? Is that, that's all they ask. And it, right. the answer at the end of the day is, well, kind of, but so is everybody else. Thanks. Chris's argument was, you know, it was about forgiveness and they threaded this needle of forgiveness through from the very beginning of the game. And, and I think that is one of the themes of the game and that's fine. But to try and hinge your entire ending on that, my whole problem was that the journey they took us on, was leading up to one thing and then they threw us on this other path to show this development so that when we finally got to that ending of Ellie choosing to let Abby live that we'd be okay with it but the problem is is the character had no motivation for that and in that moment you were not going into it with the context of the whole game you were going back into it on the high of being Ellie almost dying searching for Abby and back into revenge mode and so this character who had no development along the way, other than at the very last moment, having a flashback and deciding she needed to make this choice that she hadn't been able to make before. Like, that's fine. It just seemed like a little bit of a cop out and it was not emotionally satisfying for me. And oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, you know, by the end of the game, Ellie kind of forgot that uh, Abby had murdered Joel with a, with a golf <laughs> yeah. club. Shout out to D&D. I mean, that's the exact comparison. D&D. I agreed with almost everything they did in season eight of Game of Thrones. It's just executed, except for the except for the final episode. I feel like most of the the things that were done were okay, but the motivations weren't there. Yeah, exactly. set up. Some people were crying that Danny shouldn't have turned, and I'm like, y'all watch a different show than me because I've been rooting against her since season one. Like she's been awful, and I said it when we were talking about Game of Thrones. I said she's Cersei without any of the the cunning. Not that Cersei had much of that, but they tried to make her seem that way. They tried to make her competent. Danny was that, had none of that. She was just a bitch. And then, oh, surprise, she turns. I mean, as much as you love the first game, and that was I mean, obviously a defining game of, of the PS3 generation, was this just sort of a milquetoast affair for you? You're just like, yep, I played it, and it was what it was. We didn't need it. I Yeah, I stand by it definitely being an unnecessary sequel. I Like, these narrative games are great. I love them. But they shouldn't make you go, I can't wait to get through this and just have it be over. Right. They should they should never make you 
say that to yourself. They should they should go, oh, you know, that was like the first one. Go, oh, man, what happens after that scene? You just leave it at that and ask yourself questions and talk with people about it because everybody's got different interpretations of what that means. Now they understand that uh, she just learns to play guitar and falls in love with a pregnant woman and uh, she forgives her for being pregnant. And then uh, from there, she might lose a couple fingers. And we got She-Hulk, too, on the other side. I saw a lot of people being like, Abby is Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2. And in some ways, that's true. Because uh, in this in this equation, Solid Snake is Joel and Raiden is Abby, except Raiden doesn't kill Solid Snake. He helps him. And that only happens for what, like five, ten minutes. It just it. Also, that game was a VR simulation. Yes, it was a VR simulation <laughs> it was all a and, and like a total knock on. So like, thanks, Kojima. <laughs> we don't need unnecessary sequels. You don't need my sequels, but he's prototyping Death Stranding 2 most likely right now. So Hideo Kojima's entire career is built on unnecessary sequels that aren't really it. that good, but people are like Stockholmed into loving them because Dude. Kojima. Let's I put be the, honest, Death Stranding 2 is going to be called Death Strandings. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to oh, be a running no. simulator. Please, no. In first person, but you're still Norman Reedus. Yeah. Parkour game. You know, you play as the baby this time. It's just going to be a Call of Duty game. They're like, revolutionary gameplay. <laughs> it's just a fucking... Revelatory. Oh, my And he God. just reloads a gun while aiming down sights. And they're like, oh, man, It's just a, a game about climbing towers and unlocking the map and, and getting uh, things to do. Check marks to check. Well, are there any, any other thoughts you want to leave us with uh, before I get mo- any more ranty about this fucking game? Which, which I enjoyed. Yeah I, yeah, I enjoyed playing it. I don't think I'd play it again unless I was like in a relationship with somebody that didn't want to play games but wanted to understand the medium. Maybe you can hear my quotes, audio listeners. Um, you know, I'd play it again, but I don't think I'm going to play it anytime soon. I didn't think it was a necessary game in the first place. They should have gone for like maybe a 13-hour game in some other kind of setting. So you're saying it's better than... The last two seasons of Game of Thrones, but would you maybe equate it to like how Lost ended? <laughs> maybe not just the ending, but just the feeling you had once it was all wrapped up. You watched Lost, right, Andrew? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty close actually. Where I'm just like, man, the show could have ended years ago. Lost could have ended after the first season, and when you finally get to a point where you realize they they don't know what they're doing. There's so many good side plots in Lost. The others were great. I mean, there's so much stuff that I love about Lost, but then it, like the last like two or three seasons after the writer strike, yeah, it got really it like knocked off the rails. They they did it could have ended nothing. once they got off the island the first time. Like they literally go back, and there's like a whole plot about. I mean, that was actually a really cool like uh, beginning to the season where you thought that it was still flashing back, but they were flash forwards, and it was people yeah. that had gotten off the island but were trying to go back. Like that was such a really cool. That was a cool subversion of expectations. The subversion of expectations here, you're just playing as She-Hulk, which I liked simply because it was, oh, she plays like Joel. I really want Naughty Dog to make a new IP that I would be interested in because I don't give a shit about Uncharted and I don't give a shit about Last of Us. But it sounds like they're getting better at making actual video games. I mean, if they make Jack 4, I'm in. I don't think they'll ever do that. No, these games sell way better. Yeah, they do, but I also they also take five years to make. <laughs> This game could have shipped a year ago if they didn't employ like 
amateur animators and level designers and have like the like higher ups of these departments like mosey them along to get this work done. Well, they wouldn't have had to hire amateur animators if they had the <laughs> studio culture to keep their old animators. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, they get they get a uh, Mister Thoughts and Feelings head in the game. I don't know. I've played Uncharted two, played Uncharted four, played The Last of Us. This game really didn't feel like Neil Druckmann wrote it at all. It felt like he made an outline for it, which is fine, and then directed the scenes. But somebody else wrote the, all those lines. That it just from a dialogue standpoint feels like a totally different game to me. In a better way or a worse way? It's just a weird way because like like I said, and you know, this isn't really a brag. It's actually kind of sad that I've played all of Druckmann's Naughty Dog games that he's directed. <laughs> but it just it did not have his voice as a as a writer anywhere in there outside of I guess the outline, but even the outline I was like, man, this is awful pacing. So I, I don't know Druckmann's work well enough to have picked up on any of those subtleties. I had no complaints with the dialogue in this game. I had no complaints like in a vacuum. Like all, all my complaints about this game really hinge on a couple of missing character moments for Ellie and my baggage with the first game. If this if this was a in a vacuum, this was a brand new game you set up with a cutscene that Joel is Ellie's dad, and then everything plays out identically. It would be a way better game to me. But those first ten hours, especially, are so they they exist explicitly because of what happened at the end of the first game. And it was yeah. actually I thought a really interesting way to explore that question of like, does Ellie believe Joel? Does she find out what happens? And I thought they were setting us up for something really cool, and then they went in a whole different direction. So. In a vacuum, I think, in a way, this is like the new standard for which like all narrative-based video games should be held. Like between the gameplay and the way that gameplay correlates with the overall like world building and storytelling, like the performances, everything about it was exceptional to me. It was just that the story didn't land, and it sucks yeah, that it this game is likely just gonna be forgotten once all the anger dies down. This isn't gonna be The Last of Us part one, no. which defined a generation, and we've been talking about it for the last seven plus years. This game will not be that. And that sucks. I don't think it's going to be forgotten. I mean, people still bitch and complain about Mass Effect 3 and wish that it was Mass Effect 2 again. People I talk to now are like, yeah, I always loved Mass Effect 3's ending, and I look at them and I go, no, no, you fucking didn't, man. I remember that being a controversy. You get caught up in the the group think, and then by the, by the end of it, you're like, I don't remember why I even disliked it. The true ending of Mass Effect 3 is fine. It was never going to be a satisfactory ending, and I that's definitely true for this uh, Last of Us Part Two. Fucking Ken Levine made an entire like game about the fake choices that video games give you, and people still yeah. still didn't even really like that one either. Too much. <laughs> I know there's this history of oh, actually, Bioshock Infinite was one of my favorite of the Bioshocks. Man, people love saying that now too. Isn't that was not the consensus? I thought that game was like really really well received at the time. Nah, people didn't like it because uh, what was it the the Gears of War guy uh, joined the team to like make it more of a shooter after Ken Levine left like three quarters of the way through because he like didn't finish the game. So I think it was more of a mechanics thing than it was an actual like message of the story and execution thing. It's not my Bioshock. Last of Us Part Three, Abby and Lev. That's gonna be. Uh, we'll get that going into PS Six. I didn't know that that Lev was uh, like a trans person at all in the game until like the very end. 
No, not until <laughs> oh, the very end. So maybe, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe it, I'm. Dumb. It is subtle. Like, yeah, maybe because it it's not like a big deal in, in terms of the narrative overall. I mean, I would argue why. that it's it it is a big deal because it's the thing that gets Abby to like fully realize that the wolves are fucked up and that that's her turning point. You know, she's like, fuck the scars and fuck the wolves. And, you know, she says, Lev, you're my fucking people. Like, that was her redemption, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry your sister had to die for me to say that. Sorry we spent a whole day trying to cut her arm off just so she could die a few hours later. Like, Dude, that's that's the brutality of, of that yeah. world. Shout out to compartment syndrome, dude. Last of Us Part 3, I'm sure we'll get it one of these days. It'll be even more unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe people have cooled down, or the world won't be on fire. And I think it'd be really interesting to see uh, a Last of Us with a different creative director. Yeah, I do too. I hope Naughty Dog goes on to do something new. Let that sad man make a happy story for once. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was saying the other day, get some of the old Bioware guys into Naughty Dog and do a Star Wars game. Man, that would be cool. Can you imagine a Star a Naughty Dog Star Wars RPG with real gameplay? Man, that would be... I can't imagine a Naughty Dog game with real gameplay, no. I only see these prestige moments. They love them. And I mean, The Last of Us, the first one, has just such an impact on what games are seven years later that it's, you know, it's going to be absolutely impossible to ignore or forget about part two. This is the... This is the... What were people calling it? The Shawshank Redemption of video, like a like a movie that you have to see. Trying to play that game in 2018 was like, yeah, I get it, but also I don't think this is the high water mark that people remember it as. It's no, it's it's, like, it's definitely not. Had good performances, had okay writing as far as like the word to word dialogue, but it was just like a bad video game surrounded by cool cutscenes. the The one thing that stands out the most to me into that game was fighting a tank. And not knowing what to do to progress and just running around this little town square while this tank is in the middle. And I'm just like crawling through up like <laughs> little uh, corner markets and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, well, what do I do? I tried throwing a Molotov at it. That didn't do much. Where am I going? <laughs> I did that for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, well, I finally got around to finding the door that I had to go through. But boy, playing that game is rough. It's yeah, it's definitely hard to play. I was I was initially going to play it before I played part two and I just decided, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Fuck that. I, I played it, I think in 2016. I think that was the last time I had played part one. That's fine. I'm probably not going to play it again. <laughs> My rebuttal when we say, uh, you know, this game isn't going to be forgotten because it's, you know, it'll be so intrinsically attached to the first game, which is so important to video games. Game of Thrones was the biggest pop culture phenomenon for almost a decade and season eight single-handedly wiped it from the collective consciousness destroyed it in, in 10 years we'll be looking back like there'll be these bubbles who study how royally they fucked it up but it is already left pop culture it doesn't exist nah, that's not true i mean season eight's the reason why D aren't making a star wars movie that and kathleen kennedy being like man we should probably slow down all these star wars projects Keep making Star Wars things, just make them good. Marvel puts out three movies a year. If one of Benioff and Weiss, if they wore a cowboy hat, suddenly they'd be accepted into the Star Wars uh, canon. It would help. It would certainly help. But Dave Filoni's <laughs> actually made good things. A lot of them. 
for years. Cool, he made a cartoon for kids. That's like halfway to what Star Wars is. Yep, you nailed it. That's that's exactly it. Cartoon for kids. <laughs> he was successful. Live action for kids. It sells toys. I mean, let's be honest here. Grievous, pretty cool. He's a robot that coughs. How original, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He's, he's got real person lungs. We have the <laughs> one robot with the breathing apparatus, and this one just can't breathe. If you really think about it, all... <laughs> The bad guys from the the prequel represent some aspect of Darth Vader. It's like poetry, bro. It rhymes. Don't fall for the Disney psyop. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Did you guys watch that Avengers event the other day last week? Oh, God, no. There's no way you could possibly make me watch that. I watched it. and uh, Where are you at? When I watched the gameplay... And watch the gameplay with the devs talking over it. It sounded like they were just talking about a totally different game. <laughs> and the gameplay doesn't look fun. It looks like a PS3 game. Yeah, it the, does. The graphics and the combat. And I just don't know what they're thinking or where they're going with it. And it doesn't help that these that they're basically doing the Avengers roster that we know, but with knockoff faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the wrong call. I think, uh, I think Kamala Khan uh, looks really, really fun to play as. But choosing the Avengers IP to make a live service game out of is really just weird to me. And it feels like you you don't understand the license you're using. Like Spider-Man, a great, you know, 12, 15 hour game, knocks it out of the park. Avengers with the movie cast should probably be like a 12 to 15 hour game. Yeah. I just started playing Spider-Man again as a palate cleanser for Last of Us. And I have a surprising amount of nostalgia for 2018. Dude, we had some great games that year. Spider-Man was just such a wonderful experience. I wish it were longer because it was so... It's just a happy, fun experience. Spider-Man's wonderful. All the performances are great. The web swinging and the combat just is exactly what you want from a Spider-Man game. And I just... I was playing it. I'm sitting in my living room and I'm like having nostalgia for when you guys came down and we went and picked up that fucking TV uh, at Best Buy just so I could play this fucking game in 4K. Man, the good old days, back when you could hang out with your friends. The before times. The before times. Bro, at this rate, I'm not going to see my fucking friends till I'm 30. What was that, 2 BC? 1 BC? Before Corona? Before Corona. That would be a 2 BC. It was 18. Man, oh. yeah, that, that Avengers game is just... Well, I'm it's going to be bad. I'm glad some people are excited for it, but, uh, you know, fucking marks <laughs> expect a expect like a six, expect yeah. like a six out of ten. And they're doing the day and date. Yeah. PS five upgrade for free, uh, as is cyberpunk. It's not. Yeah, it's not confirmed for Avengers, but it's still going to look it's still going to look old. It's coming out in September. Uh, as it stands, things could obviously change. I'm sure that I'm sure they're like wiping sweat off their brow, just like thank fucking god, Cyberpunk is coming out when the new consoles are coming out because we would be, be excited. We would be destroyed. I really am glad that they uh, push Cyberpunk <laughs> Me so too. that people don't have to choose, you know, what platform they want to play it on. I'm gonna play it on PC. It doesn't matter. I, I I'm at a point where I, I can't probably play new games on my PC. Like I'm still rocking a 1080 from. 2015 or whatever like i'm not gonna be able to play cyberpunk maxed out at 4k oh, no. so I, w- I, w- I won't be able to either 
I'll probably have better luck playing on the PS5. Probably. Eh, I could see that game still, even on the PS5, I could still see it running at 30. That's going to be a 4K 30 Dude, game. It Unforgivable. Would, it, would not, it would not shock me to see them launch stuff at 30 FPS. That's completely ridiculous. That would be that would be inexcusable. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I feel that way now. I feel that way. Like, Nintendo is putting out 60 frames per second games on a fucking Game Boy. Yeah, every now and then. There, it'd be completely inexcusable for the PS5 to drop at six or $700 and then play games at 30 fucking frames per second. It'd be fucking ridiculous. It makes me mad to think about. Who can I yell at? Who do I call? But Microsoft, don't worry, over at Xbox Series X, we're going to be outputting 8K games at 120 hertz. And it's like, man, half these people's TVs don't even output true 60. Like, they haven't said anything about 8K games, just 8K video, which I think that's, I mean, the old PS4 could do 4K videos. I think think that was from E3 last summer where they were like showing buzzwords. I think it's cool that they're even saying 120 hertz, like being capable of outputting that i think that's just the the hdmi standard that they have on, in the console though right that's 2.1 it's just jargon man it's not ever going to be relevant to the actual functionality of the device it's irrelevant since no tvs are 120 hertz no cheap ones <laughs> most yeah, i would say most most new 4k tvs are 120 hertz they're just not the black friday 300 tvs well, yeah so nobody has them yeah i i think the, the older we get the more people we realize do have them. It, yeah, nineteen-year-olds don't have them, but a lo- I think a lo- there's probably a large portion of people who are going to be buying a seven hundred dollars console who probably have the matching TV. But it doesn't matter because it's Xbox and it's called the One Series X or whatever, and it's Man. ridiculous. Shouts out to all the moms having to buy games for that thing. Did you see the Series S rumors? Well, that's been rumors for like two or three years now. But that will Lockhart. Yeah, but now that the People are talking about how this could be a $200 device, $199. That's insane. Yeah, the rumored specs were like in between an Xbox One and an Xbox One X. Like it's going to be weaker than the One X, but it just has the faster SSD. Right. Because games are already going to be specced out to like, like run on lower power hardware, but they still want the load times to be faster, which I think makes a lot of sense. As they should. It's an interesting debate because... Like we frame this with the switch where we say, well, if it's cheap, who cares what it performs like? I'm like, well, if you don't have third party developers, it's going to be harder to move units. You're going to have a Wii U all over again. But if you have something that is more powerful than the current gen, even if it's marginal and you're going to be able to buy current gen games. So if you have a 199 Xbox, even if it's a quarter as powerful as the Series X, it doesn't matter. Every fucking kid in America is going to own an Xbox Series X by Christmas. 199. Like the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11S, you know, like there's there's a market for both of those devices and it's still better than last year's device. Even just like the marketing of like, oh, you're getting a next gen console, quote unquote, for this cheap, for most people who don't understand specs and you don't understand, it's just, oh, I can play the new Xbox games with my friends for this cheap. You know, that's that's huge everything's crossplay now anyway so if you can get in on the the experience but for a cheaper price then it makes sense i don't know how many people are like entering the console market that haven't had one of the previous consoles though like how many people skip this generation entirely i don't know what not the, many what the market can bear out for that but it makes sense to be like an optics game of being like hey we've got the cheapest console in the market it's us versus the switch light and <laughs> yeah and we've got game pass 
So get that. True. Yeah, get, give them a month free of Switch of Game Pass. If, if the Xbox Series X comes out and is the same price as a Switch Lite, do you know what a bad value proposition the Switch just became? It's still mobile, dog. It's different. Can't play Mario on your Xbox, bruh. If you want to play Pokemon, the Switch Lite's where you want to go. If you want to play Animal Crossing, that's where you want to go. But if you're looking to just play FIFA and Fortnite and, you know, whatever, and you can get a real console for $199 or you can get a Game Boy that doesn't hook up your TV for the same price, like, come on. That's not even a debate. I hope they do it. That'd be really cool. That'd be a good shake up to the, the status quo. It, it really would. And that would make Sony just tremble. I could see them pricing their freaking dumb controller for $100. It'd be so <laughs> fucked. Oh my God, please. No, it's going to be expensive. A bundle with their bad, their, their camera. Like why are they, why are they making a camera for the VR, for the VR, for the ver? God damn. And PSVR did well. Give us new move controllers. There was this pamphlet I got like two years ago from Sony that featured control like like designs of controllers that looked like the HTC Touch ones, mm-hmm. and that was all I ever saw of it. And uh, I hope I hope they just make some new fucking controllers for PSVR yeah, for the VR that nobody wants. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a VR. If I if I were to get one anyway, I'd get the Valve Index. Uh, those controllers. So why do you want are, new Sony VR controllers? So that they have not a. When did Move come out? Two thousand nine. PS three. Two thousand eleven. <laughs> so like that's hilarious. The big balls. They're using they're using the old USBs to charge those fuckers. On the PS5, you'll need three different USB cables to charge all your shit. That is messed. I need up. a USB C to USB mini converter. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I got this micro for just a couple other things. Bro, right. for my PS4 controllers. I was using USB mini when I was like eight years old. Yeah. And we were just using it. We were using it three years ago for the Wii U. We're using it now for our microphones. Yeah. That's also true. That's As also we true. speak, the yeah. three of us. Yours is actually the Wii U cable, Nick. Or did you replace it? I replaced that a long time oh, ago. Okay. I okay. got a nice long, like ten footer, so I could run along this side of the desk and across and over to my PC. Oh, long boy! Hey, what happened to your Zelda fucking picture that used to be above your bed? It's over somewhere else. It's over, it, I don't know. It it walked away. <laughs> I haven't found a new spot to put it. I might put it in the garage eventually. That's depressing. For audio it? listeners, I have a big ass Zelda poster of the map from Breath of the Wild that I printed out, but. Uh, it's literally four feet by three feet, and it takes up a lot of wall. It's a lot of wall. Are those vines? Yeah, so like a little plastic viney boys. Add oh. some greenery, make my make my shit feel a little bit more naturey, little cozy spot above the bed. You hang your spices there to dry out. Keep keep your bed fragrant. That's a good idea. I love fragrance. I love fragrance. I know y'all be growing herbs. I'm a sucker for I'd be herbs. Smelling. Yeah, we got some. We got some spices. I don't, I don't know how much of them we use. Most of them fresh, like putting like rosemary and thyme and stuff in with a, a good uh what's it called when you marinate when you marinate yeah. uh, a steak good steak you know? some you fresh go. herbs some you garlic prefer in it there. fresh absolutely Ooh. get some wets some oils some some uh, acids break down the meat tenderize it throw in the sous vide get a nice a nice even cook and sear it on the sear it on the grill i'm a Not slut bad, for sous vide bro let me yeah, tell you we just got a basil plant we did our first foray into fresh herbs I've been making a lot Fresh of basil sauce. Is the shit? Yeah, all right. It's, it's very. I've necessary. killed every basil I've ever I've ever owned, though. So it's it's not exactly the plant that loves my backyard. <laughs> it, do do they need more or less sun? 
I think they need more. Basil Simulator 2020. Let's go. PS5 VR. I'll get right on making that game for you guys. I would love to garden. <laughs> it's it's 2020. We're stuck at home. We got nothing better to do than be in our backyard. So we're trying to improve it. I love it. You should come improve my backyard. Well, you have literally no shade in your backyard. It is just a yeah. desert, <laughs> which is perfect. You could grow so many tomatoes. I'm so jealous. We have too much shade in our backyard to grow as many tomatoes as I want. Tomatoes are We also don't gross. like tomatoes, but fresh tomatoes are so good. Uh, I'll oh, take your word you for eat it. Eat like an apple. Eat it like an apple. I, I make a lot of fresh to- salt pasta sauce. <laughs> like, you're, <laughs> you're a madman. Uh, I'm going to make a lot of fresh uh, pasta sauce, which it's like so much work for something that tastes identical to what you get out of a jar, but it's like so much healthier for you. <laughs> You've also been making pasta, which is literally the same. Oh man, fresh pasta is a whole different game, bro. That's a whole different game. It's nothing like a fresh uh, a fresh loaf of sourdough bread, my guy. But that's a lot of work, and I don't eat enough bread. Bread, is, bread is easy. Y'all got starters for me? Yeah, you want some starter? Also, you can make your own starter. All you have to do is mix flour and water and and let it sit. Let it mold for a while. Wait two days, literally. Dre, you've been making bread? You a quarantine hey, breadster? Dude, I've been cooking a lot of weird things lately. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been making my own hummus. I need you to elaborate. Out of carrots. <laughs> I've, well, so like, I don't know. I've just been bored and poor. And so I've been sitting here <laughs> throwing all kinds of crazy shit in my ramen. Put some rice in there. <laughs> Put just, yeah, I need extra grain. So I throw rice in. No, um, I've been trying to get like bread yeast at the store for pretty much since March. And I finally found some. Dog. Lat- well, I'm you. Yeah, I know I can do that, but I, and I tried it. <laughs> if you have, okay, so what I did, well, actually, Lindsay bought a starter, the uh, San Francisco starter, but what you can do, I watched an episode of, of Good Eats with uh, internet favorite Alton Brown, Love personal him. favorite Alton Brown. Love that guy. He did like a whole episode on making a sourdough starter and then two things you can make with sourdough, like he does sourdough waffles, and that sounds bomb diggity but i don't have a waffle iron so i can't do that shit i just make sourdough pancakes with my leftover it's sourdough waffles can attest waffles are so superior to a pancake in literally every way and i I have this fight with with sarah all the time are you a waffle or a pancake guy i'm a pancake guy oh man i feel like the floor is a lot higher for a pancake I, i agree the ceiling is higher for a waffle, but like a bad pancake is almost as good as a good pancake. <laughs> a bad waffle sucks. <laughs> bad waffles, disappointing. It's also way more work. Like I, all I have to do is like doll up some stuff on the on the griddle, wait a while, and then flip it. Like it's so much easier to like deal with a pancake on a griddle, and it's easier to clean up. And- Bro, you get a nonstick fucking waffle iron. You literally pour it, set it, and forget it. It does it for you. Also, you can't do anything else beeps. with a waffle iron. A waffle iron is a single purpose. True, bro. Put chicken in there. My mom started making cinnamon rolls and putting the batter in. You can make cinnamon rolls in an oven, but bro, <laughs> you can't make waffles in an oven. Making cinnamon roll waffles is unreal, dude. It is still a waffle, yeah. though. You're right. It's still a waffle. Bro, I watched a video where a guy seared a steak in a waffle iron. Totally worked. You can sear a steak on anything. <laughs> this is true. I will admit that my waffle iron was not like the most uh, smart purchase I ever made in the food world. It's not useful for anything but waffles. <laughs> yeah, my family is dying. Uh, but at the same time, I... $3,600 on candles. Yeah, <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> I just love the little pockets that the waffles create 
for my syrup or my strawberries because I've been getting tons of fresh berries at the store and just mashing them up into a nice marmalade. Especially with waffles is I have trouble dollying amount like the, the amount of syrup I want on those things is a lot less than what a waffle allows. I don't want that much syrup. I'm a dunker. You're a dunker. That's smart. That's smart. Also, if you make pancakes thin enough, you're making crepes. And that's cool. I was going to vie for the side of pancakes, too, so I win either way. <laughs> we play both sides, so no matter what you win. If you're going to make pancakes, they got to be Swedish. Thin, roll them up, a little cinnamon sugar, little, just a drizzle of syrup, and you eat them like little Scandinavian burritos. A thick, spongy dude. pancake? I've been making Gross. the fluffy cakes. They're fantastic. I like Swedish pancakes, but also like savory-ish pancakes. And it was just... Wow. Dude, we should do the gotta do the Japanese thing where you make uh, pancakes in a rice cooker and it turns out to be like an actual cake. Dude, yeah, it they're pretty good. My right, one of my rice cookers is on the way out, so I was trying it there. I didn't put enough rice in on the, on the oven. I I usually do, but the rice cooker is for if I'm like, well, not that I'm going out right now, but it's for like, ah, I'm gonna come home from work and that'll just turn on at this time, right? And now I'm not doing that, so I'm like, ah, fuck. Fuck with the rice cooker, you know? See what else I can make. If you have an Instapot, wash your rice and then just set the Instapot yeah. to the auto rice setting. It is the f- most just fluffy, flawless, amazing rice. And if you want to get crazy, you saute the rice dry with some yeah. fucking mm-hmm. herbs and spices and butter. Bro, never, I'll never make rice on the fucking stovetop again. Also, pro tip, in addition to your water... Uh, replace some of it with like chicken broth. Oh or yeah, like yeah. Another type of stock. Oh yeah. That's how you go. A little bit of stock, some onions. Ugh. This has been the culinary crusade podcast, right? <laughs> now uh, the recipe crusade. Let's 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 move on to a little bit of uh, game cuisine news. Cuisine crusade. The cuisine crusade podcast. Oh man, we we were talking about Marvel's Avengers, and then we went on a big aside. But there are a couple of other announcements over the last couple of weeks since we last talked news. Let's talk Pokemon real quick, because this is something I initially, I didn't miss. I saw the headlines, but I didn't really have an initial reaction, and I didn't really dive any deeper into it, but the group chat was lit with Pokemon Snap shit. So Pokemon Company had this big direct. Well, they had two. It was really weird. Like They announced one, and it was like, hey, check it out. In a couple days, we're going to do a Pokemon Presents, check out some new Pokemon news. And then that's the one that we got Pokemon Snap and like the two mobile games that are just like stupid and like weird, like the the toothbrushing one and the, the bad puzzle game. Come back next week for Pokemon Presents again for a big our big new game that we're working on. Everyone's like, ah, oh, shit, here we go. We're getting Let's Go 2. We're getting Gen 4 remakes. We're getting something. We're getting new DLC announcement, whatever. And then it was just the Tencent uh, Pokemon MOBA. See, funny. if this is like a classic, like, Whatever they're doing in Japan, they are consistently out of touch with everything happening in the world. If they had done their first direct and announced their MOBA with a couple of these dumb apps, but then said, but wait, next week, something big, then we would have been like, fine, who cares about a fucking MOBA game? Next week, we're getting Let's Go, Gen 4 Remakes. But then they dropped Pokemon Snap. No one would have cared. Everyone would have been like, holy shit, we're getting Pokemon Snap. They would have forgot about a Gen 4 Remake like that. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're just catering to a different audience. And also, MOBAs, I mean, they're still really popular. The, I mean, a lot of people still play them and they make a lot of money, but like making that a big announcement isn't the same. It's not the same thing to like the hardcore Pokemon yeah. fans, which I do not count myself among. But 
just looking at the the number of upvote to downvote, like the whatever they call it, the like to dislike on YouTube, it is literally the most disliked video on the Nintendo YouTube like page. I think the fans just want too much. I can't blame them because I'm right there with them. I'm not a I'm not a child anymore, and I don't want to be treated as such. Pokemon Company. So give me one more lane to Pokemon Unite. We're going to kill Drowsy with a golf club. <laughs> I want to kill Charizard. <laughs> the Pokemon MOBA. There's absolutely a market for this. I mean, this literally just yeah, looks yeah, like definitely. Yeah. League of Legends for babies. And that's fine. And this will be huge in so China. League of Legends. Oh, oh. so I'm, I don't have a problem with this existing. No, it's going to make money for them. It was just weird that they made like a big deal about like tune in next week for our next our next yeah, big thing. The pacing of that was kind of like, but that's also just marketing. Like you're not going to be like tune in next week for the thing you're not going to like. You're not going to say that. That's how it was uh, when Atlas was marketing Persona Five S. Like don't don't get hyped about this, guys. No, no, no. They're like, this is just our pre trailer. Get ready for two months from now when we do the full reveal. Yeah, they do an announcement of an announcement of an announcement and everyone's like, Persona Switch? And they're like, no, dude, you're, you're not going to be excited. It's <laughs> a Dynasty Warriors game. Like, <laughs> anything <laughs> but that, please. Oh my God, a Persona Dynasty Warriors game? It's going to sell hotcakes. How how come there hasn't been a Pokemon uh, Muso? They won't allow it. Yeah, I'd play the shit What I want that. is... I want Pocket Monster Hunter. You remember the episode of uh, Pokemon where they go to the island of giant Pokemon? That, but you have a, a sword. <laughs> and you're killing a Charizard and sawing off its tail to make outfits. I need that Charizard fang. So there'll be like the Poke Flute class. <laughs> Poke Flute class. We got the berry user. Oh uh, my God, seriously? <laughs> the, the horn but with the Poke Flute? That's sick. Like, there's some, there's some potential there, but they want to make games that appeal to a mass Throw audience. Throw apples, take pictures. Yeah. And I'm hyped for Snap. I have, I have fun memories of Snap. And it's, this is just sick. so beautiful. But Snap is a game that is still fun to play because it's so bite-sized and there's so many Easter eggs. And the nostalgia. It does not try to be any more than what it is. And what yeah. it is is an on-rails shooter that you play for like three hours and you get everything. You're like, damn, that was just a nice time. Yes. So the fact that it took 20 years to get another one when they've had so many platforms that were perfect for the type of game, uh, they'll, they'll inevitably find a way to bungle Pokemon Snap and make it like full of fucking microtransactions and just make it unfun. But right now we have the hope. I wonder... I hope it's <laughs> the funny thing is it's going to be a $60 game. I was going to say, I hope it's a 40 or $30, if it's not, it's no. Pokemon. It's going to be 60. Yep. And, and it will stay 60. If this game is twice as long as the first game with as many Easter hours. eggs, <laughs> I would pay 60 bucks for it. That's worth it. Like there's so yeah, many Easter eggs know. and so many Pokemon to, to capture and so many ways to interact with the environment. Like, like you said, it's a perfect bite size experience. They just double that. I'll pay full price for it. I don't care. There's replay value there. I want to be excited for a Pokemon Snap, but I would not be excited for a $60 Pokemon Snap because if it was bigger, like a lot bigger, then I feel like that would cheapen the like enjoyment that I would have from it. But if it was shorter, I would not feel good about paying $60 for it. I don't know. It's like a weird dichotomy. Like I think that game, the concept is not big enough for a full price game. But it's Pokemon, so people will buy it regardless. I mean, I bought fucking Link's Awakening remake for sixty dollars. Not feel bad about that at all. But I've got way more like nostalgia, and I just enjoy that game a lot more than I did Pokemon. Like I played Pokemon Snap, I liked it. It was fun. But I'm not like clamoring. I'm not. 
signing petitions online to bring back Pokemon Snap. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's Dre for sure. He's out there on the street corners. I'm, the I'm on all the change.orgs. Like, you know what Nintendo's doing. <laughs> He's standing at the Mac stop having people sign petitions. Please. No, I, I, Nintendo has made $60 off my nostalgia too many times since the Switch came out. And I'm, you know, oh boy. I, I'm not against <laughs> it, but I certainly am starting to feel like they're trying to take advantage of me just a little bit. <laughs> as a slight feeling. <laughs> and you ain't seen nothing yet, bro. I can't wait to see those Mario games, man. Yeah, the Mario games, Metroid. I mean, Metroid 4 is coming out on the Switch too. No, Prime Trilogy will be $60. I'll pay 60 for the Prime Trilogy, without a they'll doubt. Port, they'll port uh, Metroid 2 Samus Returns from the 3DS, and it'll be like, it won't look any better. But a little bit. It'll just have a nice, it'll have a nice film over the handheld, and then it'll be framey on the TV. It'll look like a 360 game where everything's glowy. <laughs> yeah. As far as Pokemon Snap goes, there's so much potential. There's 900 fucking Pokemon. You could get pretty deep with the level design and do something that feels varied enough. I don't think it needs to recreate the exact that like bite-sized experience that was Pokemon Snap, but you can still honor that and make a game that's worth paying full price for it. Um my my problem or my worry is that it's just going to be it's going to be as small as Pokemon Snap, it's going to be $60 and it's going to be filled with fucking gen whatever we're on Pokemon that I don't give a shit about. Like, I don't want to fucking go get pictures of Score Bunny. It looks like a shitty Digimon. Like I don't care. I don't like the way Pokemon designs have gone for outside of some of the Sun and Moon, uh, some some of the Alolan Pokemon. I haven't liked them since like Black and White. Yeah, it'd be cool though. Like, all right, now we're gonna go to Alola, and you're gonna have to get Alolan versions of these Pokemon and compare to the ones that you got on the, you know when you're in in uh Kanto and then you oh you have to go to the Galalian region or whatever and get some of the it's like that's a cool concept i think that i think there'll be a lot there if they can execute there's definitely a lot of potential how do you feel about it still being an on rails uh experience that's what it looks like at least i think that's like so inherent to what that game is where it's making do with like what you have and being on rails and having limited mobility it forces you to be more resourceful with like, okay, I'm starting to learn this map and where what Pokemon, uh, Pokemon appear where and how do I interact with the environment. You got to kind of pick and choose like what you do where. And that also adds to replayability for the crazy people who want to like 100% the game or speed run the game and sort of learn these paths. So I think on Rails, like it, it has to be on Rails, I feel like. I don't want a pseudo open but like still linear waltz through. That seems like it'd be a lot less fun to me. Yeah, I wonder about that. I'm not sure. I haven't put enough thought into it to really feel one way or the other. I just wanted to get your take on it. <laughs> yeah. Dre, do you play MOBAs at all? Like, did you watch this and and feel any which way about the MOBA aspect yeah, of it? Yeah, no. I've, I've played MOBAs. I've liked absolutely zero of them. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I have friends who are like, play play Here's the Storm with me. And I go, I have like four times. I hate it. I'm like, well, just one more game. Come on. And I download it and I play one game and I go, ah, okay, what should I be doing? And they go, just f- follow me and do game vernacular. And I'm like, all right, this yeah, is great. I- and then like a bunch of people were like, fuck you, dude. You suck. You should kill yourself. And I'm like. This is so positive. I love this community. Just like Pokemon. Just, but with Pokemon Unite, there's only two lanes. Easy. My, and no my small chat. brain. My small brain. I can. I can follow that. 
And you can be Charmander. Yeah, and I could, yeah. What's I'm better in. than that? <laughs> I'm, I'll, probably, I'll probably download it, play half a game, and then throw my phone in the garbage. That sounds accurate. I, d- I don't care. It's going to make them money. Probably. As far as milking nostalgia that's going to make you money, we just got a Crash 4 announcement. Oh, they're uh, milking that. Did you guys uh, see this? And did you see how many levels they said are in this game? They said over 100, right? Yeah, it's like four times as big as any other Crash game. To be fair, those old Crash games were pretty small. Yeah. I don't know, man. Those remakes, I couldn't even get through all of them. Sometimes they just they're felt hard. Like, well, they're hard, but it just you can only do so much of the same thing. I don't know if I want 100 levels of, of Crash, man. Not for the nostalgia. It just depends on how varied it is. If it's the same thing for 100 levels, obviously that's going to suck. But like, how many levels are in Super Mario World? I feel like that's the perfect amount of levels for a game. 100 is a nice number. I'll I'll be curious to see how they sort of modernize this or if it's just going to more or less feel like the remakes. Because if it, if it just feels like the remakes, the remakes were enough for me to scratch that itch. I don't need a sequel. I would much rather have a Spyro sequel than a Crash sequel. I feel like you're probably going to get that also. Not in 2020, no. clearly, but I'd say one year from now. Yeah, it's probably probably farther along than you think. Who's making the game then? If the team that did these, I would remakes... say, I would say, Beanox is making it. You think? Because uh, Activision has three studios that they use for Disney Infinity, and they're not doing that anymore. Or not D- Disney Infinity, but Skylanders. Right. Same so thing. they're not doing that anymore. And that's those are the three teams that made uh, the Crash trilogy, the Spyro trilogy, and the Crash Team Racing. Oof, Crash Team Racing. That was rough. I think the source material is probably rougher than <laughs> the other two. You guys feel any which way about this, or is it just sort of? Uh, par for the course with what you expected um, eh, if people really like it I'd be interested but I feel like it was inevitable based on how well the trilogy sold that's why I feel pretty confident that Spyro is probably going to get a, a a fourth game yeah. even though it's, there's been many games they're probably going to do a Spyro 4 Ripto's Return or whatever he already had his revenge now what or well, no, he had his rage. Ripto's Rage yeah yeah bro <laughs> best fucking one dude god I love that game Spyro 4, Ripto's Dragonfly, Year of the, the Ice and Fire. <laughs> It'll be, wow, it will break new ground. I'm excited for Crash 4, but I heard something about microtransactions in this game. Oh, I'm out. Oh, they they literally just tweeted about there not being any. But also, there wasn't any when Crash Team Racing first came out. But then they're like, well, actually, a month after the game's gotten all its reviews, why don't you uh, do some microtransactions, please? Yeah, it, it's like the Tony Hawk remake's going to have them, too. Like... Big deal. Oh, guaranteed. Get some sick outfits. Yeah. Like DLC uh, skaters and stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's fine. Like, I don't mind in-game purchases for completely superfluous things. That's yeah. totally fine. Skins and different shoes. But if it's like, oh, the only way to unlock your favorite skater or the only way to unlock, like, a certain skill set or, or I want this pair of shoes that boosts my fucking grinding ability like don't fucking charge me for that that's ridiculous i don't even want cosmetics to be locked behind a paywall i'd like to have the option to earn them also yeah let me get a high score and get yeah, this cool skin it, you know? literally i'm pretty hyped for that tony hawk remake though it's running in the the new call of duty engine and that's got I some it's sick it's got some nice light man that's got some Is nice the warehouse lighting. demo only gonna be for people who pre-order the game yeah, it's a pre-order. I wonder only. if that will. Uh, I wonder if people will crack that. 
just for the demo. I want to try it out before I, I get excited. That demo they put out for Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five sure did save my life, though. <laughs> yeah, and and sixty dollars. That game was oh god. Oof. Well, that's what I'm afraid of with this game, you know. And I feel like they probably have learned from their mistakes, and it's a different team doing the remake. People are all excited about a new skate game, but like the skate games didn't feel very good to me. Like, I guess if you're into like Uber I, Sims, like if it, it, like playing a game like Tony Hawk, which is arcadey and exciting, skate sucked. Skate felt like shit. So I don't know why people are excited about that. Skate is like at the time. It was like the most realistic way to skateboard in a video game. Um, and I used to skateboard all the fucking time. And yeah, I think I think for what how people understood control schemes, I didn't really like playing the, the dual sticks, but it's better than this one game I've got on Steam called Session, which kind of plays oh, yeah. sim- similar, but you turn with the triggers. Ugh. It's really weird, but it, it took me a while to get used to it, but it's got like a really realistic flow to it that's what skate does very well is just kind of capture that feeling of actually going out and kicking concrete kicking concrete shredding some gnar but skate 3 was awful and way campy so i'm glad it only took them you know nine years to realize that they could make another skate game and maybe reboot it and people would be eager to play it even though skateboarding is not at the uh at the level of fame that it had through the Tony Hawk and skate games being a thing. It's very right. niche now. Well, I feel like Tony Hawk coming out is only going to help skate and like the, the mind share of skateboarding. If, if Tony Hawk, uh, one and two remake or whatever they call on it, if that, if that succeeds, I feel like more people are going to be interested in checking out skate, fo- skate Four. I personally yeah. feel like the skate remake is like a, they got the green light on it two days before that live stream happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it yeah. feels like. Like, please, please, EA, Mr. EA, can can we make skate? They were let out of their skate bunker. Bobby's killing us over there at Activision. Please let us out. Hey, so let's uh, let's transition to one last thing here. Besides mentioning that Neopets is, has returned. Thank God. Yeah. When's Club Penguin, though? 30-year-old men over oh, here. Rest in peace. Did you guys follow any of this Dr. Disrespect drama? Can we talk about this for a sec? There's not even much to even say. Like, nobody knows anything about what's going on. <laughs> that's what's crazy, right? It's all rumors in here. That's how, that's how you know it's really bad. Well, when did it happen? Like, it happened, like, Friday or Saturday? So what happens is everything is all fine and dandy. He ends his stream the previous night. By the next morning, he has been suspended from Twitch. There are rumors flying around that it's permanent and that it is not DMCA related. And... People are speculating wildly. Oh, it's it's he's being investigated by the police. This is some like serious stuff. And they started refunding uh, uh, subs. Right, his sponsors start dropping him, but then they start reinstating him, and it's just chaos on the internet. And I don't follow it really any streamers. I definitely don't follow Doctor Disrespect um, outside of the memes every once in a while when he shows up at an event or cheats on his wife. <laughs> every every now and then, <laughs> right on the occasion. So so when I saw him trending and started following this and people started doing bits about it, it struck me as like, I was like, all right, either this guy is going to get raided for CP or something, or this is a fucking stunt. This is a whole bit. And with the whole like mixer going down and like 
these other platforms like Spotify is getting into the streaming game. Like, what if this is just an elaborate ploy and next week Mountain Dew is going to be like, Dr. Disrespect, X Spotify, X Mountain Dew, Gamer Fuel, let's go. I, I'm leaning more towards that than than otherwise, but he, he finally came out and broke his silence and says that he has not been notified of the specific reason behind his banning. It does seem weird for a guy with a million and a half fucking followers and probably generating the kind of revenue he does for Twitch. Why would Twitch do this if A, it wasn't something extremely serious or B, something like a platform switch in... Well, if it was a platform switch, I don't feel like it, it wouldn't be so hush hush. Like it wouldn't be a stunt. Twitch wouldn't be like, because this is a big deal. People are talking about this. This is marketing at this point. Twitch wouldn't be marketing Dr. Disrespect if he was leaving the platform. Also, he signed an exclusive deal with Twitch like three or four months ago. Yeah. So it's weird that they're being so quiet about it to him and then to everybody else too. It was weird. In his final stream, final stream, he looks at his phone and like reads a text. And he like just totally has an attitude change. He goes from his champions club, you know, right in the attack chopper to the event tweets, all that, you know, just that bombastic personality stuff. And he started just going like, yep, we're, 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 we're going to get through this guys. We're, it's going to be weird, but we're, we're going to get through this. Okay. I, I swear we're going to get through it. Y'all have a great, great rest of your day. Like just total demeanor change from him. And, and so, there's no context for like what he's referring to. He just looked at his phone and read something and then huh. just Probably sent like some dick pics to a tot or something. Oh yeah. my God. I think we would have heard about that. That's why is that's Crystalia in us disguise. Yeah. I mean, if it's a legal thing, then ugh. Herschel beam will have his day in court. Yeah. So that was interesting. And I saw people like one guy, I think I retweeted was like, do I need to have an opinion on Dr. Disrespect? I am a gamer. Also, who is Dr. Disrespect? Should I know him? And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. I don't know what's going on, but it was trending everywhere. It's money talk. That's on Forbes business, dude. Bitch, I could write for Forbes. It's just a fucking forum with like Google indexing. <laughs> like, Check out my article on Medium. Yeah, right. I write for Vox. You fucking don't. <laughs> Not to them, you don't. Not to yeah, them, you don't. Did you get paid to write for Vox? Well, well, no. Once I get a certain amount of clicks, I will get X percent of the ads. I earned 30 cents on this clickbait article. Well, as far as Mixer going down, I don't know enough about this. and You guys can educate me here, but I will say my only really interaction with any of this was seeing someone post a screenshot of a bunch of people crying in their own streams over mixer crashing or, or being sold and shutting down or whatever it is. And, and basically just being, Oh, this is really sad. I can't believe this is happening. And it's like a screenshot with like six different streamers and they're all streaming to like 20 people, 35 people. I wish for that kind of growth, man. I'm just saying <laughs> you're not paying your bills streaming to 20 people. And I'm like, no, for something like streaming, unless you have some massive contract with the platform itself, which, you know, these guys, Dr. Disrespect Ninja, these guys have, if you're streaming to 20 people, you don't have that. So why are you sad that Mixer's going away? Go to Twitch. Go to Spotify's <laughs> platform when that launches. Your fans are, your 20 fans will follow you. I promise. If you're, if you're streaming to 20 people on Mixer, the chances of you streaming to more than five on Twitch are even smaller. <laughs> 
because there's there's be, there's more people on Twitch. There's more streamers on Twitch. There's always going to be someone more appealing to you on that platform. Yeah. If people are for whatever reason, if you tricked someone to being on Mixer, like they just got off of watching Ninja or Shroud or whatever, and they sort of stumbled into your your stream, I don't think you're gonna have that same kind of luck in Twitch. That's fair. So it makes sense that it's like, oh man, Bandcamp shut down, and now I've got to sell my stuff on SoundCloud. Like, how do I how do I get the same people over over to there? You know, all my MySpace yeah. friends are dead. It's starting over on Facebook. <laughs> At the same time, like. But, the writing was just on the wall for Mixer. Like when this whole, like it hasn't made money since it was a thing. And then since they bought it. Yeah. And then they kept throwing money down, throwing good money after bad, trying to sign exclusive deals with, like you said, the big streamers like Ninja and Shroud and stuff. Like they gave them 30 million, $10 million contracts. And then this quarantine started them out so they wouldn't have to go to Facebook. <laughs> and you're seeing, what was it like 2% 0.2% some pitiful number for year over year growth from like March last year to March this year, April last yeah, year to April this year. It was just like absolutely sign. minuscule growth. Like you, you it's know pathetic it's, that people were watching more streams on Facebook than they were on Microsoft's platform. It plays automatically when I scroll. Yeah. I don't know if that, what who's providing those numbers. If it's literally just views, because that's obviously going to be skewed for Facebook because they have an awful methodology behind showing that. Doesn't it? Or if it was like actual revenue, like stream, like stream revenue. It counts a view after like a second of it playing on Facebook. Yeah. You don't have to interact with it at all. You could scroll past it and it'll autoplay and it'll count you as a view because you, you could have seen it. Yeah. That's weird. It's strange. It's not surprising that Mixer's going down at all. It's weird that they're partnering with Facebook, especially since I just saw recently news that Microsoft was going to pull out of advertising on Facebook yep. because of the, all the bullshit that's going on with their advertising side of things. So it's like, we're partnering with Facebook. Also, fuck Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So we'll whatever. give them this thing that sucked. But we're going to keep the technology for Microsoft Teams. Dr. Disrespects a 40-year-old ass man. Yeah. What the His fuck? His name's Herschel. <laughs> He's fucking streaming for like children, bro. You ain't Bill Nye, you fucking creep. I don't like that guy, dude. I, I'm not. I'm not into it, man. I appreciate his gimmick, but that's about it. It's as somebody who plays Escape from Tarkov when he started playing that game, it was absolutely hilarious to me to just watch him learn the game and be angry at it. It, was absolutely it sounds like amazing. gaming. He's just trying to play it like Call of Duty, and he dies and goes, "Ah, fuck! I'm out of guns and I'm poor, and this game, this game is almost there." It's almost there, but it's not quite. And everyone just chats like, lol, you suck. Not everyone. People are still like, Doc, have my baby. <laughs> it, like, I don't I don't get gaming, man. I don't like understand. You have, once, you, once you have that kind of personality and following, like, Doc's not just going to go away. Unless he does literally go away in some cuffs. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, but people, are still gonna, people are still going to wear the Champions Club shirts. Champions Club is going to take on a, a whole new meaning. Champions Club is is uh, where they send you because all the other prisoners want to kill you for yeah heinous crimes you committed on the outside. Champions Club, protective custody. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> we don't know. At the, we're just three podcasters spitballing. We don't know. We're clout chasing. <laughs> we don't know nothing. Very last thing, NBA 2K. We talked about this last time. They uh, 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 announced the cover player this year. We thought it was going to be Zion. Although I'm sure there'll be a new version when PS5 comes out. 
He'll be on the cover for sure. Our boy Dame Dalla is on Dame the cover. Time. Let's go. I was I was Baby pleasantly Dame. surprised to see that. That's our boy as uh, Oregonians. Dude, he hasn't been on a cover of a sports game since NBA Live 15. Yeah, it's been been a bit. And now wait, he's wait, wait. Dame was on the cover of NBA Live? Yeah. I thought yeah. that was I thought that was Kyrie. You know, it was the year before he got his signature Adidas model. That was or like early. right before. Yeah, it was like right after the Rockets series. Then we lost the Spurs and got bodied. Oh, man. The cover itself is actually really cool. Not that like that's relevant to anything. This game is going to be, you know, the same game as it's been for the last several years. But Portland getting some love. That's nice. Portland's getting some love. And then the 2K stands in the Instagram comments are, well, of course, awful. Because 2K fans hate 2K. They buy yeah. the same game for $60 every year. They put $200 into fucking VC and they bitch that the game is fucking trash and it hasn't been good since every year. The year that they reference changes hasn't been good since 2K13, hasn't been good since 2K15, hasn't been good since 2K17. And it's just the same fucking comments. People bitching about the animations, people bitching about the fucking whatever bullshit new shot mechanic they put in. Bring the shot stick back. Bring the trick stick back. Bring the pass stick back. Like, whatever, dude. It's the same shit. They're never happy. I don't know. I haven't bought one in a few years now. I'm pretty happy. But now, unfortunately, I have to go and buy it because I have that NBA Live 15 in a, in a little basket somewhere. I've been playing over this this whole quarantine deal. I've been playing 2K20, and the My Player mode's great. It's 2K. It's, uh, you know, I have some qualms with their upgrade system and it it's very grindy because these games are made to make money they're pay to win but but as far as the gameplay goes it's like oh yeah this is they they moved away from the like die hard sim where it's just like not even fun because you're shooting 38 percent um because it's real quote unquote and they've they finally got things to a point where it still feels arcade enough but it feels real enough and it feels you know it, it's in a good spot i've enjoyed the shit out of it so this will be more of the same, I'm sure, but uh, I'll definitely be buying it because damn. Is there a reason why it's yearly at this point, though, besides selling another $60 game? No. For a that's, month before that's it goes the on sale. That's, that's sports games for decades now. Yeah, it's just weird. They sit, in it. the, they sit in the top 10 every month of the year. Like, how could they not go for the annual release when it just stays right there? 2K20, though, is like the most robust. Like, they've got WNBA, they've got my GM mode, they've got like my player mode, all the quick games. There hasn't been basketball this year. So, yeah, I've been catching myself going, don't, don't buy it, man. Don't buy 2K20. 2K20 is, uh, I mean, it's free this month on PSN. So, well, I'd have to buy PS Plus. I'd have to buy the PS Plus. You are a full on PC gamer now, man. What happened? Windows Defender over here, bro. Yeah, I just say, you know, it had to happen. I, I just got a new uh, GPU. <laughs> I got yeah, I got a GPU and a NVMe solid state that loads everything super fucking fast. I've got and GDDR6 RAM. Playing shooters with a mouse. Yeah, and I can't aim. I can't. Somehow, I got through. I got through Last of Us. I had to turn the aim assist on because I was like trying to hit people, and I just I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hit anything to save my fucking life. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's when I tried to put a solid state drive in the PS4 Pro and um, it was reading and writing as fast as the SATA drive was. And uh-oh. Oh, we lost him. And as I looked into it further, 
the PS4 Pro does not have the protocol. It, ha- <laughs> it happens. But yeah, so I, I put the solid state in the PS4 Pro, and it its SATA protocol doesn't support the read-write speeds of a solid state drive. Fun fact, neither do most motherboards. I know, I know. But I was just like, man. Even the PlayStation Network is like super bottlenecked. Very slow. Yeah, I just I just figured ah, I could do a little bit for myself here and spruce my gaming experience up just a little bit. And, you know, there was no difference. Have fun with uh, the 800 gigabytes that you have with the PS5. That uh, is not expandable. Yeah, I'm going to... I I'm like the PS5. Us, right? No, it's not expandable. People are saying the digital one will have... At least for running big, games off of it. Yeah. Why does it make sense to make the digital version bigger? Like, yeah, you have to have the same amount of space no matter what. And if the argument is just, oh, well, it's easier to... Is that confirmed? No, it's not confirmed, but people are talking about it as if that makes sense. Like, no, they need to be the same space. The games are the same size. reading off the disc anyway. Yeah, Yeah. it's completely silly to me to even have the conversation. And if Sony did that, that... It'll just further the gap. They're like, oh, you want the digital version for a hundred dollars cheaper? You're not saving money by like they're not saving money by not having a, a BD drive in there anyway. So they're gonna yeah, make it really. seem like that though, because they yeah. want to push digital sales. Yeah, make it a hundred dollars cheaper because you're making more money off of each yeah. game sale. I after seeing some of these PS4 Pro special editions that have come out in the last two three years. The Last of Us 2 one was okay, but the controller was really bad. I didn't like the controller, but I liked the engraving. The last controller was Spider-Man. Yeah, I love the controller Even then, Spider-Man. I didn't like the, the high gloss. I'd rather have like a set. Is it a satin finish? EJ, you had it, right? The console is um, glossy, but the controller is matte, I believe. Okay, that's good. I'd rather, I don't want a, a shiny controller. My fingers, these are bad fingers. All right, they're sticky. They're, they're, they're grungy. All right, I'll need that. I liked the engraving they did on The Last of Us 2's PS4 Pro, but, you know, just seeing some of the other ones that had come out, I don't know if I want to buy this white and black PlayStation 5, especially when my PC is, outside of the CPU architecture, just as good, if not better than the PS5. Probably slightly worse read-write speeds, but yeah, that doesn't matter until the games are actually taking, like, uh, taking advantage of that. And they won't be for a long time, because everything's going to develop for the flops and the Series X without that uh that's that storage brain and mind or whatever. I watched that Linus video. I couldn't recount it, but <laughs> potentially so, potentially with a Ryzen processor, it sh- and a PCI Gen 4 motherboard and solid state drive, it should all be allowed to do it, but it's Windows bottlenecking it essentially. So I'm not gonna defend you right now, Bill Gates. Not like this. <laughs> Shout out to vaccines and CPUs. Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh. Epstein's probably on a fucking island somewhere right now, living it up. Yeah. He is the one who started coronavirus with his secret 5G technology. Shout he out. Gave, gave it to the bats, and the bats gave it to us. He gave it to the bats. Just waiting. Just waiting for the bats to do what they do. <laughs> we kill the bats. <laughs> that would be uh. the simplest fix. Contra Crusade Podcast. Find us all online. <laughs> Windows Defender, Andrew Chavez. You can find him at uh Chavez. That's two H's. Three, isn't it? Well, there's two. a third one, but I mean the uh has two H's. <laughs> yeah. There's three H's all together. There's a C separating them. So I thought it was two uh, then one. 
Chavez. <laughs> uh, Chavez. Nick at Pressel Death. I'm Eddie Jiggle. I'll block you if you follow me. I mean, you unblocked all those uh, all those advertising tweets, but that <laughs> Listen, helped. <laughs> I did unblock all those advertisers, and all it did was like flood my feed with ads. Like it's like 10, 12 ads now every time I scroll. It's insane. That's so funny. So I'm blocking again. We'll see if it takes two years to hit 15k again. But I'm trying to see if I can see how many uh, accounts I've blocked through the, the the website because it doesn't actually show me the number. Um, nope, doesn't show me the number on the website either. Consequence it. <laughs>